Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellows. This is Peyton Zigneko here at the COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Well, Wednesday has once again graced us with its presence, as Wednesdays are known to do, as with most days of the week. I would say except Monday, because like I've said previously, Mondays are typically not gracing us with a presence, more so just annoying us with being present. Now, of course, that is not default Mondays, but we're here to talk about Wednesdays. Wednesdays are the midpoint of the week, and like I've said before, hump days, as the camel would put it in the Geico commercial which I'm not entirely sure was a real thing now. I refuse to look it up because I'm too afraid to find out that I was wrong about there being a camel commercial because I remember it so vividly. But, you know, fake or real, there will always be a business camel in my heart office. So, well, I guess they made an impact even if they didn't really mean to, or even if it wasn't a real thing. But, you know, enough about that fancy little camel. It's Wednesday, and that means it's time to get back in the Zoom studio with our guest of the past week and current week, Kevin Hearn. So, without much more ado, I will throw it to myself in the studio with, you guessed it, the same intro as the week before, but the rest of it will be new information, so stick around. All right, take it away in the studio, Peyton. Thanks, Peyton. Today I'm here in my Zoom studio with a New York Times bestselling author known for his Iron Druid Chronicles and Seven Kennings trilogy. It's Kevin Hearn. You know, the Irish God of Love is fascinating. His name is Angus Og, and he's a jerk. Uh, in <laughs> fact, he, he actually uh, like like basically tricked his own father out of his house. He's uh, done terrible things to people, separated lovers, in fact. You know, I'm like, well, how is he the god of love? He's very handsome and all of that, but he's not kind. And, and, and that's one of those things where you, you start to think about the nature of love sometimes, and it can hurt, and it can be, you know, rough on a lot of people. In fact, love, it can be painful, you know, especially when you're thinking about crushes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I just thought that that was a very interesting aspect to, to uh, the Irish uh, folklore. Also, there's an Irish goddess uh, named Flittish, who uh, is the identical compatriot to Artemis and Diana in the Greco-Roman tradition. But Artemis and Diana are virgin goddesses, and Flittish is decidedly not. So <laughs> very different, you know, You know, the Irish were like, okay, yeah, a huntress goddess, that's cool, because there was communication between ancient Greek and Romans uh, and the ancient Irish. <laughs> so obviously the Irish love this idea of a uh, virgin, uh, not a virgin goddess, but a, of a huntress. And then they, they're like, well, but we're going to get rid of that, you know, uh, the virginity stuff. We're going to go ahead and have her, you know, be different. So um, <laughs> that, that was, uh, I found that fascinating as well. Just the cross-cultural communication going on and the tweak that they made to it. Yeah. So it's fascinating stuff. Now you, uh, when you write, urban fantasy and working to combine, you know, historical, historical text and uh, stories with the modern world. How do you work to blend the two? Oh, well, um, what happens is that uh, in mythologies, there's often holes. Mm -hmm. There's uh, things that will happen and then they either, they, they never come back and resolve it or uh, they just forget about it. Who knows, you know? <laughs> um, so there was this sword uh, mentioned uh, called Thragara 
and it, or the answerer, if you want to translate it. And it had uh, the ability to cut through any armor. It had the ability to basically uh, summon winds. It could also be used. It had an enchantment on it that if you uh, pointed it at somebody and you know held them at that sort of point, that it would force them to tell the truth. So this was quite the weapon, okay? And it is supposedly a weapon given to an ancient Irish king named Khan of the Hundred Battles. And he used this weapon to unify Ireland. There used to be a whole bunch of tiny little kings of different cities, you know, stuff or different little areas. And Khan united all of Ireland for the first time in the first century. So he was given that sword, but then there's no record of him ever returning it to the Tua de Danon. Hmm. So that is where I jumped in and said, ha ha. <laughs> the reason is because my character, my druid, stole it. Hmm. And that's why it never got returned. And, and then that's the reason why he's in hiding all of this stuff. He has an incredibly powerful sword that the gods want back. So there you go. That, that, that's kind of what I do to, to combine um, historical stuff and mythological things. Um, I, I look for holes and little places where my character could have been, uh, could have played a role secretly. And um, that's, that's what I go with. So you, so you do a lot of uh, intertwining and interweaving, if you will. Yes. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's neat. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if giving out, you know, uh, sort of I don't know, advice to people looking to start writing or who are budding writers and uh, working to sort of follow in this in similar genre-esque footsteps, what sort of advice or uh, words of wisdom would you have to share? Oh, mostly it's uh, whatever your project is, even if you feel that, oh, this isn't worth it, uh, finish it. Because you will learn so much in the process of finishing that first book that your next one will be so much better and it'll go so much faster. Like I was telling you at the beginning of the, of the podcast, my first book took me six years after many, many years of failing to even finish one. But the, one, the first one I finished took six years. Um, the second one, three years. The third one, 11 months. And then my fourth one... <laughs> Six months. So, yeah, you get faster, you get better at it, but that's because you have the confidence after that first one to know what it takes to get it done. You, you You learn so much in the process of just finishing that first project. You know, maybe don't put all of your eggs into that particular basket. You know, just what you gotta do is look at it as like learning how to ride a bike. That first book, that's your training wheels. That's you figuring out how does this book writing process actually work? How do I stay on this thing and not crash and burn? Because if you don't finish, of course, that's what you've done. You crashed, right? So you've got to finish that ride. You've got to finish the first book. And then uh, the what you learn from that process will be so helpful in writing the books that eventually do get published. Now, there are some people who publish their very first books. I think that's extraordinary. Most authors wind up publishing um, their second through their fourth books. Like most of that I know, my friends, uh, I don't really know anybody who, I, I'm sorry, I know one person. I know one person who has uh, sold his very first novel. But other than that, um, everybody uh, winds up selling uh, their later ones. And uh, that's perfectly okay. In fact, that's normal. So um, please take that to heart. Um, it is a process that it, it takes a lot of love and, uh, and time. So, but so worth it. 
Yeah, I know I use the first, like, official, like, the first story I ever wrote, um, I use that to make people laugh at parties, because it's awful. <laughs> anyway, so, now, before we close, I am interested uh, to hear now, impromptu question, what's your favorite uh, sort of story from Irish folklore? I'm just, I need to know now. Oh, gosh. Wow, that, that is putting me on the spot there. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, you know, because I, you know, it's been a few years, and so I haven't, I haven't really uh, refreshed my memory so recently. But, uh, okay, um, I have a retelling of a story. Well, probably my favorite one is one that I retold, okay? And it uh, deals with, oh, no, wait, I do have it. Okay, there's, there's this guy named Dean Kecht. And he was uh, a great medic or, uh, you know, a healer of the time. He had two children, uh, Mia, a son, and Ermit, a daughter. And um, when King Nuwana of the Irish kings there, he got injured. He lost part of his arm. Mm -hmm. And the Irish didn't let you rule them unless you were whole. So he had to stop being king and let somebody else be king. And the person who took over was named Bresh. And he was, he was kind of a dirt, a jerk, you know, he, he was terrible. So everybody's like, man, I sure wish Nuwada could come back too bad about that arm. So Dean Kecht made up a, a like a mechanical arm for him kind of, so almost like a prosthesis kind of thing. But people still wouldn't let Nuwada be king because it wasn't, real it wasn't good enough you know so dna Keck's son mia figured out how to grow flesh and bone over it and thereby he surpassed his father as a healer and he made nuwada whole again so that nuwada could be king all right so here's where i get that that part's that's very happy but now it gets tragic oh okay so so dna Keck was jealous. Most parents are like, if their kids succeed, they're like, woohoo, good for you, kid. I'm so proud of you. Yay. But but not Dean Kecht. He was insanely jealous and he winds up killing his own son for uh for exceeding him in skill. Okay. So Miar is in the ground and his sister Ermit is weeping over his grave for days. And from Mia's grave, 360 or maybe it was 365 herbs, different kinds, all of them with healing properties, mm-hmm. grow up out of his grave. Like this, just picture, you know, was mm-hmm. a lovely six foot by three foot, incredibly thick garden bed full of different flowering herbs and stuff like that that you could use for medicine. Mm-hmm. So, Airmint had started to pick them and lay them out on her cloak and classify them and, and all that kind of stuff. And then Dean Kecht came by to, you know, for whatever reason, he comes by and he sees Airmint classifying all these herbs and things. And he realizes that even in death, his son is still, you know, exceeding his, you know, powers and stuff like that. So he picks up the cloak and whoosh, just whooshes all of these herbs and stuff away. Mm-hmm. So Airmint had knowledge of all of these healing, healing properties and stuff like that, but some of it got destroyed by Dienkecht. And that is kind of the, the history of why we, we've lost so much uh, healing lore, you know, and that's kind of the, the mythology behind that in, in Irish uh, stuff. But there you go. That, I, I've always thought that that was kind of a, a tragic story. 
and maybe uh, teaching Irish uh, parents not to be such jerks when their kids are awesome <laughs> and instead, you know, love and support them as they should, right? Yeah. So there you go. That, that's my favorite, I think. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Okay. Other than that, that is uh, everything that I have for you to ask you. So okay. to close, uh, where can we find your work and what do you have coming up down the pipeline? Uh, you can find me at kevinhearn.com. Uh, I spell my name with an E on the end of it, H-E-A-R-N-E. -E. Um, I'm also at Kevin Hearn on Twitter and at Kevin Hearn on Instagram. So feel free to say hi to me there. Then, uh, of course, uh, I, I've had the Iron Druid Chronicles uh, out there. That's a complete series at this point. If you guys want to dive into that, have fun with the Druid and his Wolfhound. Then there's uh, the Seven Kennings Epic Fantasy series. There's two books of that out right now, A Plague of Giants and A Blight of Black Wings. And then I have uh, a humorous fantasy series with Delilah S. Dawson. It's called The Tales of Pell. The first book is called Kill the Farm Boy. And if you like humorous stuff, uh, I would start with that. Oh, I do. Yeah, it, it's great. Also, I, I should mention also with the, with the Kill the Farm Boy stuff, a lot, what, a lot of what we're doing is uh, upending common fantasy tropes. And so usually it's the, the farm boy is, is part of this uh, white male power fantasy where this farm boy out somewhere and somebody comes along like a Gandalf or whatever and says, no, you're special. There's a great destiny waiting for you. Look at this fancy sword I've got and etc. You've got to go, you know, save the kingdom. Well, we didn't want to do that kind of thing. We were like, what if we get rid of that kid? <laughs> and then let, then let the people who are often in the background come up and have the adventure themselves. So there's a sweet, uh, you call it FF uh, relationship uh, in there. There's all kinds of, you know, upending of traditional tropes, like the rogue is not very uh, sneaky at all. In fact, is terrified of chickens. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's a, a, a dread lord, um, you know, or, I'm sorry, a dark lord, Toby, who uh, wants to rule the world, but he can only summon bread. So that really kind of puts a damper on his ambitions. So it's a lot of fun. You, I think you guys would enjoy that. And then uh, I'm also writing Ink and Sigil, which is uh, uh, set in the world of the Iron Druid Chronicles, some more mythology and stuff like that in there, but a different protagonist. So uh, I think everybody's going to like that. It's mostly set in Scotland and uh, Philadelphia for the first book. So that's out August 25th. And there you go. That's a lot of stuff. Thank you. And yes, yeah, no, thank you so much. And I, I, I love the Kill the Farm Boy whole thing that you've talked about because it reminds me of every single party that me and my friends have built in D&D &D and how it's just chaotic people who cannot do the things they're supposed to do. Oh, it's fantastic. There's a bard uh, named Argabella, and uh, she doesn't realize that if she wants her songs to be more powerful, she needs to rhyme. So she's doing, the, she keeps singing these songs and they're not very effective. Uh, and then there's a, there's a, a warrior named Fia who, uh, she's incredibly powerful. She's seven foot tall, all that stuff, but she just wants peace. She just wants a rose garden. She wants to settle down. People won't let her alone. And, and so, uh, she's fantastic too. There's a, a sandwich, <laughs> sandwich, get it? And her name is Grinda. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, we've got all, all kinds of fun stuff in there. I think you would really dig it. And then there's two more of those, no country for old gnomes and the princess beard. So, uh, a lot of fun. Oh, these names are so good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I will certainly, um, be, be checking that out for sure. That's now on my, uh, coronation reading list. Um, Excellent. 
if you will. So I uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing. Um, it's been very fun and I uh, enjoyed hearing all about your, your work. So thank you. Thank you so much, Peyton. And, and everybody who's listening, you know, uh, if you, if you want to ask me anything, please uh, reach out. Uh, Twitter or Instagram. And also, uh, we have a podcast called Ask the Bards. Delilah S. Dawson and I have one called Ask the Bards. So if you go to askthebards.com, we've already got 14 episodes sitting out there. A lot of it is writing advice. And uh, we also talk about uh, books and stuff that we love. So hopefully, uh, you'll find all kinds of good stuff on there. So thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thank you. Back to you in the and studio, Peyton. Once again, a really big thank you to Kevin Hearn for being on the podcast. We had a lot of fun, me and Tapioca, who was napping on the bed the entire time. Well, that is a compliment, I would say. Now, I most certainly had a fantastic time, and I hope Kevin did as well. He had a lot of great information to share, and it was super interesting to talk to him. And I hope you enjoyed learning about Irish folklore as much as I did. If you would like to read some of Kevin's work, once again, his website is Kevin Hearn. K-E-V-I-N-H-E-A-R-N-E dot com. So you can go and check out his stuff there if you're interested. He's got a lot of great work. And once again, he was fantastic to talk to. And I had so much fun with this. And I hope you had as much fun listening as I had talking and then re-listening. Well, you get the idea. Well, that will now do it for me for today. I hope you had a blast with Kevin. Once again, thank you to him and thank you to you for listening. I certainly hope you will be joining me once again tomorrow. Now, as we draw closer and closer to Friday, I once again have to put out there that if you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like to have addressed or answered on Friday, which is two days away now, you can email them to Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyarcark.org, where I will happily receive them and talk about what you have to say on Friday. So, yes. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignego. Once again, thank you. I will see you tomorrow. Stay safe out there. Peyton and Tapioca, over and out.